Hi, welcome to my podcast, where today I'll talk about the baptism of Jesus. My name is Tim Harner. I am a Christian author and apologist, a graduate of Houghton College and of Harvard Law School, where I was an editor of the Harvard Law Review. As an attorney, my primary role has been as a general counsel. Therefore, I call the six books that I've written the General Counsel Series. The first four books of the series outline the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, providing scriptural backing for the final installments of the series that outline the history of America and the history of the Church Universal. I post my latest thoughts regularly on my website, timharner.com. For this podcast, please reflect on the questions, Why was Jesus baptized? Why were you or why will you be baptized? Which sinners will you humble yourself to be among and to help? And now, as I talk about the baptism of Jesus, let's pray that the Lord will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in the sight of the Lord our God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Today's thoughts are based on the chapter, Jesus is Baptized, in my book, Hoping in the Lord. We have to skip ahead on the DVD. About 20 years have passed since the boy Jesus amazed and astonished everyone who heard him in the temple. We have no record in the Bible about what happened to Jesus in those silent years. Now, Jesus was about 30 years old. He was about to begin his ministry. At this time, Jesus made a choice that was as astonishing as the wisdom he displayed as a boy in the temple. Instead of heading to Jerusalem to begin his ministry, he first sought out John the Baptist at the Jordan River. John was Jesus' relative. John was a few months older than Jesus. As you may recall, John's mother, Elizabeth, was six months pregnant when the angel Gabriel told Mary that she would become pregnant with Jesus. Indeed, Gabriel referred to the fact that Elizabeth had become pregnant despite being in her old age, after being barren all her life, as proof that God could enable Mary to conceive Jesus even though Mary was still a virgin. As Gabriel told Mary, such miracles could happen for nothing is impossible with God. We infer that John and Jesus knew each other as they were growing up. Since Mary visited Elizabeth when they were pregnant, presumably Mary also visited Elizabeth after their babies were born. Furthermore, John knew Jesus well enough that John was amazed when Jesus asked John to baptize him. John's hesitation to baptize Jesus is all the more amazing because John was already a figure of fame and importance at the time that Jesus came to the Jordan River to have John baptize him. John's belief that Jesus did not need to be baptized is also amazing because it proves that Jesus lived a righteous life for the first 30 years of his life. John had high standards of conduct, standards similar to those that Jesus insisted on in the Sermon on the Mount. For example, when the crowds asked John what they should do, John answered, The man with two tunics should share with him who has none, 
and the one who has food should do the same. If John compared my life to such high standards of conduct, he would declare me a terrible sinner. First, John would warn me to flee from the coming wrath. Then, assuming I was willing to change my ways, John would whisk me right into the Jordan to baptize me, urging me to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. But when Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, John tried to change Jesus' mind. John told Jesus, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? In order to change John's mind, Jesus did not say, I'm a sinner, I need to repent. Any of us would have to say that. But not Jesus. He had been living the way God wants us to live. So instead of claiming to be a sinner in need of repentance, Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As happens so often with Jesus, his answers raise more questions than they answer. Why did Jesus make the long trip from Galilee to the Jordan so that John could baptize him? Why was this proper for John and Jesus to do to fulfill all righteousness? I've heard many sermons and Sunday school lessons try to answer these questions, but I still am not convinced that I fully understand why Jesus decided to be baptized. In part, I think my inability to understand is because understanding Jesus' words is an art rather than a science. Just as a beautiful painting or a poem can be admired again and again and still yield fresh insights, Jesus' words are always yielding fresh insights about Jesus, my life, and our world, no matter how many times I hear them and study them. And in part, I think my inability to understand Jesus' words better is because of my hardness of heart. Jesus' insights and perspectives are radically different from my natural insights and perspectives about what ought to be done. Therefore, I keep trying to rationalize away the clear meaning of his teachings. For example, I would find it very hard to let John baptize me publicly, even if I knew I had acted like the brood of vipers that John denounced. But it would never occur to me, except that Jesus himself did it, that I should humiliate myself by getting baptized like a sinner, even if, like Jesus, I knew perfectly well that I was not a sinner. If it weren't for the wisdom and insight I gained from studying what Jesus did and taught, I would think that the best way for Jesus to begin his ministry would be by some splashy proclamation about how great he was. That's the way political campaigns always get launched, and it's a rare pastor seeking a church who starts out by downplaying his own talents and righteousness. So if I'd been advising Jesus, I'd have suggested that when he got to the Jordan, he should have had John the Baptist introduce him to the crowd and give him a ringing endorsement. Then Jesus should have started upstaging John by giving better speeches than John and doing lots of miracles. Or, perhaps I would have advised Jesus to go first to Jerusalem and repeat his performance as a child prodigy, dazzle them with his teaching, do a bunch of miracles, Start things off with a bang. 
Jesus' decision to begin his public career by humbling himself by getting baptized seems so foolish. But of course, as Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, God made foolish the wisdom of the world by sending righteous Jesus to die on the cross to save sinners because the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. So let me suggest several reasons why Jesus was wise to be baptized by John. Why Jesus let John baptize him to fulfill all righteousness. As he was about to begin his ministry, Jesus wanted to affirm what kind of Messiah he would be. Jesus would not be the conquering military hero who the masses dreamed of. The kind of Messiah who brings peace by winning wars. Jesus would be the kind of Messiah who brings peace by winning hearts. The kind of Messiah who teaches people to be good neighbors and best friends. And to be good neighbors and best friends, we must learn the way of humility and submission. Instead of imposing our will on others, we must submit our will to God and commit our lives to serving others. So Jesus submitted to being baptized. But why was baptism chosen as a symbol of Jesus' submission, especially a baptism of repentance for sins that Jesus had never committed? If I had been Jesus, I would have been afraid of what other people would think of me. Surely they would think that I was a sinner. Why else would I be hanging around with all these sinners, asking to be baptized? But Jesus could never stand such hypocrisy. He could never stand anyone who thought they were too good to associate with sinners. Jesus was determined to bridge the gap between sinners and God. So he began building that bridge by allowing himself to be baptized with the sinners. A related thought was picked up by Luke when he wrote his gospel. Luke wrote, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. Since Jesus came to touch all people with God's love, he had to be with all the people as they came to be baptized for their sins. No longer was the boy Jesus content to sit in his father's house, the temple in Jerusalem, learning what to do. Now the man Jesus was ready to be among all the people, doing whatever needed to be done to bring them hope, even though they were sinners. At this critical moment in Jesus' life, God affirmed Jesus' choice of which kind of Messiah he should be. God's affirmation came just after Jesus was baptized, as Jesus was praying. The Bible doesn't say what Jesus was praying for. Nevertheless, we can be pretty sure that he was praying for what would be best for all the people, all the sinners, who were being baptized and who were changing their ways. And we can be pretty sure that Jesus was praying for wisdom so that he could best minister to their needs, could best bless all the peoples in the promised land. As a sign of his pleasure, God answered Jesus' prayer in a dramatic fashion. Heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. It's unlikely that we will receive such a dramatic manifestation of God's pleasure with us. But we can be sure that God will be pleased with us 
if we go to be with sinners to help them, even though it means humbling ourselves. In one way or another, we will sense that heaven has opened, that the Holy Spirit has come upon us, that we are part of God's family, that God loves us, and that God is well pleased with us. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. If you did, please share it with a friend and find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as on my website, timharner.com. My book, Hoping in the Lord, contains citations to sources, including the scriptures. Until we are together again, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord turn his face toward us and give us peace.